step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to Reimagined Radio. Real talk, real life, real magic. Are you feeling stressed out on the job? If you are, you're certainly not alone. It's one of the most common complaints that I hear from my clients. And so in this episode of Success Unlimited, I'm going to give you some tips that you can use to diagnose the causes of your work stress, as well as some practical strategies to deal with it. Welcome to Success Unlimited with Dr. Patricia Thompson. If you want to be more successful while also being happier at work and at home, you're in the right place. We'll be covering research along with little tweaks, tips, and hacks that will help you to fulfill your potential in the business world without sacrificing your peace of mind. So work stress seems like an epidemic these days. It's something that I hear about all the time from clients, and it's something that we're also seeing a lot more in terms of statistics. For example, according to the International Labor Organization, workers in both developing and developed countries across the world are feeling increased strain in the workplace. And like I said, I hear about this a lot with my clients, and it's interesting because people often feel helpless to do something about it. And the reason why is because typically when they think about managing their stress, they think about doing things like going on vacation or you know, doing yoga every day or going to get massages, and they feel like they just don't have the time to do that. Well, what I would say is that self-care is definitely a priority, so I do think it's worth it to carve out the time to do so, but even if you don't have a ton of time to do it, there still are other things that you can do about your work stress. And in particular, stress from the workplace can really come from a number of different sources. And so instead of trying to do a more general stress management routine, which like I said is good, but you know might not always be practical, um, something else that you can do is to try to determine the specific causes of your stress so that you can deal with each of those sequentially and hopefully reduce the amount of stress that you're having from work in general. So how do you do this? Well, the first thing that I recommend doing is to start by conducting a stress inventory. And to do this, basically what you're going to do is just make a list of all the stressors that you can think of in the workplace. So, you know, everything from, you know, having a horrible commute to having, uh, I don't know, a boss maybe who you disagree with a lot to the hours or maybe being available all the time on email, you know, whatever the lists are that you can think of, write those down because the next step is that you're going to brainstorm about ways that you can deal with all of those stressors. Now on a practical level, you might not be able to do anything about some of them immediately. For example, if you have an irregular work schedule because perhaps you're on IT and you have to be on call after hours, you might not be able to do anything about that. Or if your commute is longer than you would like, 
You might not be able to do anything about that immediately. I mean, maybe you could if you could talk your boss into teleworking, but for a lot of people, you couldn't do something about that. But by attending to the stressors that you actually can address, you'll be putting yourself in a more powerful position to do something about them, take a stand for your well-being, and hopefully decrease some of the stress that you're experiencing at work. So in case you need some help coming up with your list of stressors, I'm going to go over six of the common culprits that I see that uh, contribute to people's stress in the workplace. And then I'll also give you some ideas about some strategies that you can use to deal with them. Okay, so let's start with the first stressor. So the first one that I hear a lot is that people's workload is simply too heavy. They have a lot of work that they have to do. They feel like they don't have enough time to do it between emails, meetings, projects, other unexpected demands. They can feel like they're constantly on a treadmill just trying to keep up with it all. So there are a couple things that I would suggest that you can do if you have a heavy workload. Uh, The first thing I would say is to pay attention to how you're using your time. Okay. A lot of times we think that we're a good time manager, but we really might not be as effective at it as we think we are. It's funny because a lot of times I'll give clients the exercise of tracking their time so that they can see how well they're using it. And two things happen. Number one, just by tracking their time, people become more efficient because they're keeping track of it. And so just like, you know, if you're on a diet and you're keeping track of what you're eating, you tend to make different choices because you don't want to have to write it down. So just tracking your time can help you to be more effective. Um, Something else that people notice, however, is that they're not actually as efficient as they think they are. Okay. Um, Sometimes they might spend more time on Facebook than they might have realized, or they might spend more time chatting in the hallway, which, you know, is a beneficial activity, but, you know, not all the time, um, so that socializing can get in the way of what they're doing. Um, And, you know, interestingly, research has found that one of the biggest threats to our productivity is our habit of constantly interrupting ourselves. So by trying to multitask, we're actually making ourselves less efficient. So here's a common scenario, and I'm guilty of this myself. Um, So, you know, you sit down to start writing a report, and then a few minutes in, you notice that you have an email notification So you open it and immediately you start responding, even though you maybe didn't need to. Um, Then in the middle of that email, you remember that you actually need to go pick up some soap on the way home from work. So you open up your app on your phone so that you can make a note of that. And then while you're on your phone, you notice that you got a text from your best friend. And so you find, you know, an appropriately witty gift to reply. And then you go back to your report. And so just listening to that, you could see how this attempt at multitasking isn't meaning that you're getting a lot of different things done at once. You're just going from one thing to the next. And then when you need to go back to your report, it takes additional time for you to refocus. So one of the things that you can do to manage your workload is to tighten up how you're approaching your work and how you're approaching your time. And you might find that your workload isn't really as heavy as you're thinking it is, because if you're more productive, you're better able to deal with it. 
Something else that you can do if your workload is heavy and if you're in a position where you can delegate to other people is to make sure you're really taking advantage of the resources around you. You know, if you're lucky enough to have an assistant, then make sure that you are using that person appropriately so that he or she can help you to get more done. Or if you're on a team and you're someone who tends to do everything yourself, then again, make sure that you're delegating appropriately so that you can not only manage your workload, but you can kind of help others to develop. Because if you're a leader, for example, and you're not delegating enough, then you're probably not developing your people as you should. Now, if you need more tips on delegation, I actually have a free course on delegation on my website. So you can go to Silver Lining Psychology go to, I think it's called self-study, and if you scroll to the bottom, you can sign up for my delegation course. Okay, so culprit number one, heavy workload. Culprit number two is interpersonal conflict. So if, like most people these days, you're in a job in which you actually work with or interact with other people, then there are going to be opportunities for conflict. People are different. They're going to look at things differently. You have a wealth of different personalities to deal with. And so conflict is likely to arise. You know, whether it's a critical boss or a dismissive colleague or peers who are making unreasonable last minute demands that are making it more difficult for you to manage your time, uh, your relationships at work can easily contribute to your stress level. So what do you do? Well, typically I find that there are two sorts of interpersonal uh, interactions that can cause more stress with conflict. Number one is if you're someone who hates conflict, then you likely avoid those interpersonal um, interactions altogether. And so you choose to stay silent about your concerns, but you might be silently seething with resentment and gritting your teeth and allowing your stress to eat away at you. So a better solution in that case is to learn how to manage conflict and to learn how to be appropriately assertive. Um, And that's kind of beyond the scope of this podcast. I don't want it to be too long, but work on being more assertive. Um, A good book in that regard is actually something called Crucial Conversations. And then aim to have constructive conversations with the people around you. Um, Because after all, if you're not speaking up about what's bothering you, people might not have any idea about what's going on. Um, Sometimes just speaking up about something could really be a quick fix to deal with it. But if you're not speaking up, there's no way to know that. Now, on the other hand, if you're someone who doesn't hate conflict, but instead comes across as argumentative or maybe aggressive, it's possible that your style could be contributing to your difficulties. And so what you'll want to do is really work to develop your emotional intelligence, develop your listening skills, and place more of an emphasis on connecting with others. And if you scroll through the podcast, you can see that there are some um, that deal with those very topics. What you'll find is that as you improve your relationships, you'll likely experience less stress and you'll also become more effective on the job. So definitely make sure to try that. Okay, culprit number three, your values. If your values are a mismatch to your company's values, you're likely to experience stress. So let's say that you're someone who's very competitive and ambitious, but your department is all about collaboration. Or maybe you're someone who is really focused on societal impact and doing good for the community, but your organization is mostly focused on money and financial gain. Um, 
Now, if you're in that situation, you really could be fighting an uphill battle because research actually shows that if there's too much of a misalignment between your values and your organization's values, that you have an increased rate risk for burnout. But if you want to try to do something about it, what I would say is you can start by trying to brainstorm ways to use more of your values in the workplace. For example, let's say you're someone who likes to give back. Well, maybe you can get a group of colleagues together and you guys can engage in volunteer work. Or if it's really important for you to connect with others, then you'll want to make sure that you're intentional about socializing with your colleagues, you know, not just staying in your cubicle or in your office all the time. And those sorts of actions can really help you to bring a sense of meaning back to your job and they might decrease your stress. Now, like I said, however, if there's too much of a misalignment, then uh, you're putting yourself at increased risk for burnout. And so if you try some of these other strategies to exercise your values and you're just not getting any traction, then you might want to start to look into working at somewhere else that might be a better culture fit for you. And so you'll want to, you know, look into that and probably make a change. Okay, number four. You don't have enough autonomy. Now, studies have shown that a lack of autonomy or not having enough control over the decisions that affect your job is a leading contributor to work stress, and it can affect everything from your job satisfaction to your health. So if you're in a situation in which you feel like you just don't have enough autonomy on the job, then you might want to consider talking to your boss about ways that you could have a little more say at work. You know, maybe you have an idea for a really cool initiative. Um, Maybe you could talk your boss into letting you lead something like that. Or maybe there are processes in your day-to-day work that just don't make sense and are inefficient. Maybe you could make suggestions about ways to change those. Not only would it help you to be more productive, but it would, again, allow you to feel like you have more influence over how you're doing your work. Or maybe you could talk your boss into letting you telecommute every so often. That additional flexibility might be just what you need to feel like you have more autonomy in in your job. So, you know, you'll need to take the nature of your job into account. You also will need to take sort of the nature of your boss into account. But there may be ways that you could have more influence over your work environment. And with greater control, um, your sense of well-being might just increase. Okay, two more. So the next one is one that I hear a lot, and it's that you don't give yourself a chance to disconnect from work. Okay, so a lot of people I talk with love email. They love that they can take their work home with their laptops because it gives them more flexibility on the job. But on the other hand, because they're always accessible, their employees, their employers, sorry, tend to have higher expectations about how available they should be. So the digital devices that are meant to make their lives more convenient tend to become a major stressor, and it interferes with their ability to disconnect and to recharge outside of work. Now, there are some fields in which you need to be on call at all times, like if you're an OBGYN, for example, you can't just disconnect. But, you know, for a lot of people, they are more available than they need to be simply because they're not setting good boundaries. So you can commit to stop checking your work emails after a certain time each day and just experiment with it. Like, you know, say eight o'clock if you're someone who is usually checking them until nighttime. 
Um, you know, don't sleep with your phone next to your bed because, you know, if you hear a vibration going off, uh, you might check it. And the next thing you know, you're back in work mode. And you can consider having a conversation with your boss about the expectations for responding after hours. If you do this, you're going to give yourself more time to disconnect fully. You'll also feel greater autonomy over the job because you won't feel like you're just at the whims of whatever email is sent to you. You'll be able to be more present for the people around you. And so you'll better manage your stress and you'll also enhance the support system that you have at home because you'll be cultivating those relationships as well. Okay, the last one that I'm going to talk about is your mindset. Sometimes your mindset can contribute to your stress level. Let me give you an example. So have you ever noticed how you could be in the work setting There's a lot going on. Some people are totally stressed out about it and others are able to take it in stride. So what's the difference? Everybody has the same amount of work. They're in the same setting. Well, the difference might just have to do with perspective. Interestingly, there was one study that was done where researchers told participants to think of their stress arousal response as something that could maximize their performance. And what they found was that those people felt more confident and also less anxious in pressure-packed situations because they were re-attributing how they were looking at their stress. Interestingly, too, those participants in the study didn't have the same negative physiological reactions in response to the stress. So typically what you find is when people are under stress, their blood vessels can constrict, and they found that those people didn't have that at the same level as people who had not been given that instruction to look at their stress differently. And so if you can look at how the stressful situation might actually help you to grow, or how there could be... um, things to be grateful for in the situation, you can channel your thoughts in more constructive ways. And if that sounds like too much for you to do right now, then you might start to develop a mindfulness practice because as you become more mindful, you'll find that you'll become more aware of thoughts that could be contributing to your stress. And with that increased awareness, you'll put yourself in a better position to take a step back, reevaluate the situation, and decrease your negative reactions. And while those strategies are designed to help you to deal with individual stressors in the workplace so that hopefully you can decrease your stress level overall, you should still make sure that you focus on your self-care. You know, exercise when you can, make it a priority, eat a balanced diet. There's all kinds of research about how fruits and vegetables actually help to improve your mood. Get adequate sleep, meditate, Make time to connect with other people. Do the things that are important to you. You know, when you're looking back on your life, you're probably not going to wish that you had worked more. (laughs) You're probably going to wish that you had spent more time smelling the roses and connecting with the important people in your lives. So, you know, recognize that self-care isn't a luxury. It's a necessity for a well-balanced life. So give yourself full permission to recharge when you need to do so. You'll not only manage your stress, you'll also become more productive in the long run. So that's it for this episode of Success Unlimited. I hope that you found something in it that will be useful for you. As always, I would love to hear from you. Make sure to leave a review if you really enjoyed listening to this. You can also find me on Twitter at PatriciaATL or you can contact me via my website at silverliningpsychology.com. 
Have an amazing day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.